Welcome back to another episode of the Away Days podcast. As always, Nate joining you from my closet in my apartment because it has the best sound. But not as always because he's been fired because he's an idiot and can't show up for work after Auburn loses four games in a row. I mean, look, they say availability is the best ability. So Lay Lay has officially been waived. Joining us today in his place for now, trial run, is our buddy Ferg, who I think we've referred to a little bit on our podcast, Big Tech Fan, but Ferg, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. It's always nice to fill in for Lay's Lay's lazy ass, can't get on on time, you know. He's always late. Can never count on yeah. that man. So uh for the six total dedicated listeners we have, you may have noticed we missed an episode last week. Again, you can guess that wasn't my fault, but Laith, uh, due to Thanksgiving planning and other things, didn't set his weekly schedule effectively, and so we missed out on a big week of news last week, which Auburn lost, and I was really excited to talk shit about him, uh, <laughs> about that. But then again, Iron Bowl, big loss, toughest hang for Auburn. They lose four straight to end the year, and again he's dodging the podcast, talking about, oh, i got to go and do something else, so... Not only did we not get to record on Monday night last night, which we normally do, we had to push it back to Tuesday, and he still couldn't. So big shouts to Ferg um, for filling in admirably, even though he's a Tech fan, so we'll, we'll have to put up. I can't find a freaking podcast host that's not a fan of my rival team. That's that's something i got to work on. Um, but anyway, Ferg also... You know, body doubles as a as a Michigan fan. So we'll start we'll start with Big Blue. Harbaugh finally does it, Ferg. From the perspective of somebody who at least slightly gives a fuck about Michigan football, which I do not. Walk us uh, walk us through what what you saw that in that game, and and how does it feel to finally get one over on the uh, on the Ohio team? Well, you know, like most major college football fans, I think a lot of us were very shocked to see the result. You know, we're. The phrase that's been bouncing around our group chat forever has been Harbaugh going to Harbaugh, you know. So, you know, starting to think, you know, it was never going to happen. He's going to get fired. They're going to bring someone else in just to lose. But, you know, Harbaugh, they ran the ball very effectively. And I don't think anyone saw that coming. I mean, I know they're a run-first team, but I don't think anyone expected them to win so dominantly the way they did. In the snow, it was a great atmosphere for the game. You know, um, I was pretty surprised, but... I think this Michigan team is for real. You know, I think you really got to be worried as a Georgia fan. If you see them no, down okay. the road. Listen, listen, we'll get to talking about what I do or don't need to be worried about. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, Michigan, the snow, I wish I'd have known about the snow because you and I both, I'll let you convince me in taking Ohio state in this game. I was, I, pre- I wanted to lay off, but uh, once that spread crept down to closer to a touchdown, I do agree it was a little tempting. But if I'd have known it was going to be snow, I mean, that's just a lot of things lining up in Michigan's favor. You look at Ohio State, an offense that loves to spread the ball around and, and sling it, um, and that weather is not always going to be easy compared to Michigan, who their M.O. is play great defense and run the ball, which that really translates to no matter what weather you're playing in. Um, but like as case in point here, Caden McNamara, Michigan's quarterback, looking at his stats, 13 of 19 for 159 yards and an interception. You know, not exactly a, a, a clinic put on by them. But you scroll down to the rushing stats, though, and it's a lot different story. Hassan Haskins with five touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, I I had a feeling Michigan going into that. Like, I, again, I was too scared to touch either side of that game from a betting standpoint because I just didn't know. I mean, if, it, if the game would have been in Columbus, like – I think I think Ohio State would have been a much safer pick, but knowing that it was in the big house, knowing that you know it's been what 
how long has Harbaugh been there? Like six years without beating him? Yeah, this was so. yeah, this, he was like 0-5 or 0-6 going in. So definitely his signature win as the coach of the Wolverines. Yeah, so I, I was too scared going into it, but I'll let you I'll let you rope me into it. And we'll talk a little bit about our uh, <laughs> how, how our bets fared here in just a bit. But in terms of you say Michigan is legit, and I know you're looking for any reason <laughs> to to doubt Georgia and, and talk up somebody they may have to play, but Looking ahead to to you know a matchup against Iowa in a Big Ten title game in Indianapolis and potential playoff implications down the road, you know what have you seen from this Michigan team that makes you think they could win a national championship? Well, it starts with their defense. I think everyone can agree on that. Aiden Hutchinson on the at defensive end rushing the quarterback, their greatest stop in the run. I do think this if Georgia and Michigan matched up. That is a great, low-scoring, classic defensive college football game that's going to be an instant classic. Can they beat them? I don't know. Um, I think it would be closer than people think. But I think it all starts with their defense. And if Cade McNamara can make enough throws and they can keep a consistent run game going, I think they have a chance to beat anybody they play in the, in the country. Um, now, now, that is a very tall task if you face a defense quite like Georgia's. But, I mean, if anyone can do it, I think Michigan can. So that's just kind of where my head is at. Yeah. I agree they probably have the best run offense, you know, in, in football. Because um, it's certainly not Georgia. Like, we run the ball well. But I, as I've mentioned on this podcast a bunch of the year, Georgia's O-line doesn't really move people off the ball. But not really here to have a, a preview pod about a game that, you know, may very well not happen between Georgia and Michigan. So um, big win, big win for, for Big Blue. But they got to, you know, they got to get – some more done with Iowa and then potentially, you know, that, that first round of the playoff. But I want to move on to a team that's most certainly not getting into the playoff, losing four straight down the stretch after Lath just a month ago was talking about this, this not so implausible path that Auburn would have to the <laughs> SEC championship and then to the playoff. And then he knows I was just going to shit on him for two hours straight last week and this week. So he's just dodging the pod. Time to talk about that Iron Bowl, Ferg. I got some thoughts here. First and foremost, okay, because we were texting back and forth in the big group chat throughout this game, and one of the bigger things I was saying, and I think you might have said something about it too, is like we know, especially down here in the South, we're well-versed in the voodoo, you know, whatever you want to call it, the Bermuda Triangle, just the weird <laughs> shit that happens in Jordan-Hare where they win games that they got no business winning. And – it was looking like that early, you know, coming into this game, nobody gave Auburn a chance. They're at, without Bo Nix, who I think they're just pretty average with him, but without him, certainly, you know, nothing special. And then Finley, Lath, I, again, I don't watch him a bunch, but Finley, or Lath rails against Finley all the time, says he's not good, uh, compares him to Jeremy Johnson, who was just absolutely <laughs> ass a few years ago he for was Auburn. so bad. So, he's starting at quarterback. Nobody gave the, Auburn a chance, but they've packed that stadium out. They find themselves up ten to nothing at halftime. Bama, I will say, at the point when Bama had that botched field goal attempt, like yes. where just it wasn't like it was blocked, it wasn't like it was a bad snap. The holder just forgets to do something he's done probably at thousands of time in his thousands of times in his career as a holder. Just doesn't like keep his eye on the ball and just drops it. I, I'll be honest. At that point, I was like, oh, the voodoo's on. Oh, Auburn is winning this yeah. game. We, we were both – we both texted at the same time, voodoo, like immediately as soon as that play happened. I mean, it just seemed meant to be like, okay, Auburn's going to win this game. It's it's just – it's going to happen. Here at Jordan-Hare, 
Something crazy is happening. Alabama just can't get it together. They can't even, yeah, field a field goal snap or whatever. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, this. So again, going into into God, I can't even look at the normal box score because of all the overtimes. It's like pushed it all to the left. But I'm I'm pretty sure the score was ten to nothing going into halftime. But that's right. But yeah, you've got Finley, TJ Finley on on one end for Auburn, having a horrible, you know. I mean, not a horrible performance, all things considered, because he practically broke his ankle. But when you look at it like this, from this, lay out the facts here for you. The number two team in the country, or number maybe they were number three at that point. I think, yeah, Ohio State had jumped them. Yeah. The number three team in the country going traveling to a team that was 6-5 and five entering that against a backup quarterback who basically shattered his ankle and couldn't move in the pocket is getting shut out by this team who just gave up 40 unanswered to Mississippi State not too long ago. Like, it was just nothing Nothing made sense. But I'm, I'm with you. I was obviously pulling for Auburn the whole way because what I wanted from, from this game as a, from the Georgia perspective is I'm of the opinion, and you feel free to disagree here, Ferg. I'm of the opinion that if Bama would have lost that game, it didn't matter if Bama beat Georgia by 20, they weren't getting into the playoffs. So I was definitely rooting for just a final nail in the coffin for them. Well, I, okay, see – I do, I do somewhat agree with you, but I, because you know the the committee has made it very clear: if you have two losses, you're not getting in. But I think if there's going to ever be an exception to the rule, or you know, ever, it's going to be Alabama, a two-loss Alabama SEC champion, assuming they would have gone on to beat Georgia or whatever. Um, they, I think they would have gotten in the playoff. So I think it's probably a good thing Alabama ended up winning, so we don't have to go into something like that. But I don't know. I mean, you may be right. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, if, if someone's going to get in with two losses for the first time, my money would be that it would be on Bama. That's that's all I'm yeah. going to say. I I hear that take. I hear that take. But again, we'll never know because they get the win. I'm down in Jordan here. But what's your what's your Bama takeaway from this game? Because you know, being in the Georgia circles that I am, you've got a lot of people who are just so. We got so much scar tissue from past Georgia games. And I mean, I get it. Like, I was there. I mean, I wasn't at the game, but I was a freshman at Georgia in 2017 when the when the second and 26 or whatever happened. You know, like, right. I've, I've you know, was at the SEC championship game where Jalen Hurts came back from the dead to beat to beat us. So, like, I get the I get the hesitance here, but I'm hearing some just fucking awful takes, mostly from people who don't know shit about football, who all of a sudden, like, you know those type of people that – that all of a sudden become active in the discussion like around this time of year. Like, where were you week two? Right. Uh, you don't actually give a fuck about football, right. so you weren't talking about it, you know. So, But people come up and saying, oh, like, I, well, I bet Alabama, they probably just kind of did that on purpose to not put stuff on tape. I'm like, what? get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that makes no like, sense. no. Makes, <laughs> you think they wanted to flirt with losing to that Auburn team? Hell no. No. Um. But but that aside, that I mean, I, I haven't met too many people saying that, but I have have heard some. But the bigger thing is people are still so afraid of this Bama team. And tell me if I'm wrong here, Ferg, but I don't get it. This isn't last year. This isn't the Bama teams of old, man. This football team is not a championship caliber team, this Bama team. Man. Okay, I was like, okay, so yeah, it's like, so the moment people start doubting Bama, that's when they show up. I mean, Bama, Bama's still Bama. Have they looked like Bama past? No, I mean... Credit to Saban. This is probably the worst Bama team in a decade, and they're they're right there in the conversation to compete for a playoff spot. That that's just the reality of Bama. They they really haven't been that impressive compared to the past. 
But at the end of the day, they're getting wins. And, I mean, they very well could have beat Texas A&M. I don't know. That was a tough road game. Um, who knows? If they played ten times, they probably win nine. But I don't know. I would, I'm, I would just be very hesitant before I count Bama out of any game, regardless of the opponent, regardless of how dominant Georgia looks. Um, I, I just, I'd be very hesitant to yeah, doubt well, them. And I'm not saying they have no chance, but what I'm looking at here is, is what's what's Alabama's best win? This is the conversation Lathan and I have had on this podcast. Off the top of your head, maybe you have the schedule. I do. I have the schedule in front of me. But what, to you, has been their best win? I'll Ole Miss. Okay. What is Auburn? Who is a 6-6 six and six team's best win? Also Ole Miss. Also Ole Miss. Okay. People talk about, uh, let's go back to Auburn's past three SEC games. You got, we just talked at length about this Auburn game in the Iron Bowl. Hey, rivalry game, it's a weird one. I know we all know about how weird Jordan Hare gets. But still, we would agree that doesn't look like a chance. If Alabama yeah. plays that game against Georgia, what's the score? Uh, if, if Alabama plays like that against Auburn, Georgia wins by at least three or four touchdowns. Okay, back to Bama's previous SEC game. Giving up 35 at home to an Arkansas team who, need I remind anyone, Georgia uh, yeah, shut out when they came to Sanford Stadium early in the season. We go back to their SEC game previous to that. Okay, so what's, if you had to say off the top of your head, Auburn's second best win, if you hazard a guess? Um, LSU, I guess? Yeah, my thoughts exactly. So... Auburn handles their business against LSU. Alabama beats them by six points at home. Yeah, like, I don't I'm know. just saying, like, you know, I'm not saying they have no chance, but of course I'm not saying it's the SEC championship and it's Nick Saban. Like, it, it right. would not shock me if if Alabama beats Georgia. But I'm just saying this fear is like inverse Alabama dick riding. Like, you got all the people who just like suck Bama off because they've been so good. But then you've got like Georgia fans who obviously hate Bama, but they're it's like the fear feeds yeah. them thinking Bama's better than they are. I don't know. I just you know, call me and I'll look like an idiot if they if they beat us, you know, on Saturday. But no, no, that's kinda your points are very valid. I I mean it's lining up for Georgia to win this game. I mean everything is in Georgia's favor. Georgia's the hot team. They've been dominant. All the common opponents, Georgia's mopped the floor with them and Alabama's snuck by especially with Arkansas and Florida. I mean, Georgia beat the crap out of both of those teams. So, I mean, I, you definitely have a case, and it's definitely worth – it's definitely valid. It's just, I don't know. It's just – well, and it may be a mental thing. I mean, like you said, the fear. I mean, Alabama beats Georgia, and, like, they just do. Even when it looks like Georgia's going to finally turn the corner around them, they just – you know, they, they pull a Jalen Hurts and a two out, out of halftime, and they come back and win the game from behind by 14. It's just – I don't know. Yeah, no, that's and we'll luckily we won't have to have this conversation too much longer, one way or another, because come right. Saturday they will play it on the field, which is all you can ask for. Um, can be no arguments after that. So, um, but moving on to some other of the big results in the past weekend. So Oklahoma get their playoff hopes officially dashed. Riley skips town before I swear the confetti hit the ground in Oklahoma State. I mean they they hadn't cleared the field off of the fans before Riley was on a plane to USC. It seems like. Um, and now OK State, best team in the Big 12, stands with a solid shot to make the playoffs. So thoughts on thoughts on that game and, and what that result means for, for both teams going forward? Well, I actually watched this game with our dear friend Lay, who, you know, skipping because he couldn't take the heat. But we were both pulling for Gundy Gang. We were Fired. both pulling for OK State. 
<laughs> yeah, Lace fired. Um, I don't know. I mean, Oklahoma just they they didn't seem that impressive to me. I know for they kind of got lucky with like a, a fumbled snap, and then I don't remember they went they got up by nine pretty quickly. I don't remember exactly how they did it. Do you remember? They they had a the fumbled snap for a safety, and then they scored right after that. But after that, yeah, oh, I know they were carrying a, a lead through much of the third quarter, and then a little bit into the fourth. But, um, but yeah, I'm not too sure. But anyway, but yeah, I I mean, Oklahoma State's solid. I I just I I don't see them making a playoff. I I, I don't. I think Baylor's going to beat them. I, I think they're very beatable. Um, I mean, Bedlam's Bedlam, whatever. But I think Baylor will beat them. As for OU, I think Lincoln Riley made a great decision to leave. Although I wish he had taken the LSU job and not the USC job, because I think he could turn LSU into the next Bama. But I think he mm-hmm. got out of a sinking ship because I think Oklahoma and Texas, especially, are fucked as soon as they join the SEC. I really do. Maybe it'll, <laughs> maybe maybe they'll turn it around, and, but I, I think they're screwed at, at least in the short term. So I think he made a great call to leave. Yeah, and. I don't know who Oklahoma's going to replace them with, but I mean, I've, there's been talks about Venables. I don't know if that's official or if that's just a rumor at the moment. Brent Venables, the DC at Clemson, um, which would be interesting mm-hmm. because you know OU as an offensive powerhouse, especially the last few years with Heisman winner, Heisman winner. Then Jalen Hurts was a like a runner up to Joe Burrow. So I think it would be interesting to have them be a def- have a defensive minded head coach, but I think they're fucked straight up. Texas too. I mean, Texas went like five and seven in the Big Twelve. So I mean, yeah. What are they going to do in the SEC West or what? However, they realign the divisions. I don't know. But yeah. Riley definitely no made idea. it. Riley made a great call. Yeah, I'm. You know, we'll we'll get into the coaching carousel uh, in depth here in a second. But I I agree that getting out of town is probably in his best interest. I disagree a bit with the way he went about it, but that actually kind of seems like the norm of just being an asshole to your former team, <laughs> i.e. Brian Kelly doing the same exact thing uh, <laughs> yesterday and today. But, but yeah, OU, dark times for that program at the moment because basically that was just like a dick slap in the face saying, hey, to coaches anyway and maybe to the general public, like outside of the Big 12 – People view that USC job as a better job than than OU, like a team that's been to the playoff, like almost every year that it's that it's been a thing, you know, since 2014. Versus USC, who's not bowl eligible, who like, yeah, they I think they won that Rose Bowl with Sam Darnold, or maybe they lost yeah. it to Penn State. I can't remember, but I think they won it. Yeah, but I mean that was like one blip in the past serious 20 years. Like it was that, and then you got all got to go all the way back to like Reggie Bush and company between. Yeah. seasons where they were really good so um like that's really got to hurt for OU just knowing that you know he seemed like an Oklahoma guy a guy that would that would stick around for for you know who knows how long but right. to see him go like that um but then again for Oklahoma State I don't know I kind of like yes I actually think Baylor is going to beat him um and we'll get to that in the betting a little bit here too that's the next thing we're gonna talk about but like I think if they win they're either in or they have the biggest gripe that has ever happened. Like we thought the gripe was big when TCU and Baylor didn't either of them get in like several years ago. This will be the biggest indictment of the playoff. I will feel for Oklahoma state the most of any team that's been left out. If they get left out winning this game, because 
if you look at it, they basically have the same, if not maybe even a slightly better resume than Michigan, who we think of as a lock if they win right, to go right. in. You know, They'd be a one-loss conference champ, and they win this week. They're coming into the playoff swing off the back of two top ten wins. Now, debate whether or not you think Oklahoma is actually one of the ten best teams in the country. Same thing with Baylor, but you can only beat who's on your schedule, and they had you know number ten or less next to their name when they beat them. Right. Um, but I personally think if things go the way at least Vegas thinks things will go, that being the favorites win um, in these conference championship games, I think we do see Oklahoma State go in if that happens because you're talking about you're talking about Georgia winning, you're talking about Michigan winning, Cincinnati winning, Notre Dame obviously doesn't play, right. and then Oklahoma State becoming that fourth team. And we'll learn a lot more about what they think of Notre Dame and Oklahoma State, the committee that is um, tonight, I think here literally in like the next 10 minutes as we're recording here. So yeah. um, we won't – maybe we can pull that up uh, as it comes out. But, um, but yeah, I think OK State – now I will say – I'm with you. They're beatable, which is why I would love for them to get in at number four if Georgia yeah. can win, because that's no contest, I think, if, yeah. if Georgia um, gets that one. Georgia would handle them for sure, um, I think. Yeah, an interesting thing, too, from from some inside sources I still have from my time covering uh, Georgia football, word is that basically Georgia's been planning for if they had the choice to, of a venue to play, which the number one team gets. Right. Um, they've been planning for if they have that choice to take Dallas over Miami being the other one, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if they'd reconsider given how close that is to Oklahoma State. They may not care, but yeah. that's just what I've been what I've been hearing. So be interested, you know, if if ultimately we do get a Georgia OK State matchup if they would choose to play in Miami just to make that a further drive, but or flight, I guess. Right, yeah. Um, that would be interesting. But, yeah, but speaking of Georgia, I gotta get, if, I, this may be the only time I get you on the pod, Ferg. Hopefully it's not. But if it is, <laughs> I got to get my Georgia Tech shit talk in while I can. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. It's no it's no secret, especially to you, because you're the reason why I hate Georgia Tech so much. <laughs> I fucking hate Georgia Tech. Oh, like <laughs> people, people, when I went to Georgia, people couldn't understand why, like, like, oh, you don't hate Auburn more? Like, you don't hate Florida more? And don't get me wrong, like, I hate Florida. <laughs> Obviously, I don't hate, hate Auburn. I grew up an Auburn fan. We try to keep that on the DL. But, like, <laughs> I hate Bo Nix. He has a very punchable face, that guy. But Georgia Tech, because of you and a couple other of our friends, man, I can't stand them. So I'm all for, like, it honestly really pissed me off last year that we didn't get to play because of COVID, all the non-conference. Like, that's a game... Maybe no other Georgia fan looks forward to it, but I look forward to it. So it was nice to finally get that ass whooping in. Uh, just, just needed to scratch that itch for sure. So, thoughts, thoughts from the uh, the downtrodden Tech fan, if you have any. There was really not much to say. I mean, it was kind of uh, as expected. You know, I I knew we wouldn't score, especially with Yates at QB because Yates is horrible. Yeah, he's. He's actually in the portal as of today. Yeah, I saw that. Where the hell does he think he's going to uh, go? Well, well, well he, it's definitely not a lateral move. He's going to a G5 for sure. He's not going to a Power 5 school. That's a fact. Actually, that's a guarantee. Those both made me the same amount of weight. But he's, <laughs> heard definitely, it here first. he's definitely not going to a Power 5 school because he's horrible. I actually ran the numbers today. In his five starts, not including Kennesaw State, he led us to a combined 35 points. Five, 35 points and five starts, not including Kennesaw. Yeah. That's horrible. That's, uh, that's horrible. That's, that's not ideal. Um, especially against a, a, an ACC that 
while it's been more competitive, I think part of the reason it's been more competitive is because it's down. Right. Like, no, I, agree. I don't think these ACC teams are all that good. They're just all equally kind of not that good. Um, except for maybe Wake. I don't know. Maybe I mean uh, Wake's obviously better than they've been. Pitt, that's Pitt, for sure. Pittsburgh's pretty good. They put up a lot of. Um, yeah, points. they beat Tennessee. Yeah. So. Uh, but they did kind of get Tennessee before Tennessee kind of started coming into their own a little yeah. bit in the second half of the year. Kenny Kenny Pickett's um, just a really good player. And without Kenny Pickett, yeah. they're a horrible football team. But with Kenny Pickett, the yeah. way he's playing right now, he's played his way into a possible first round pick, maybe second round. He's definitely played him made himself some money this year. Uh, he may even be a Heisman um, finalist. I guess he's yeah. fighting for third place. Uh, that's a thing because I didn't have it on the on the pod thing, but is is a thought I had as Bryce Young was playing like shit and down at Auburn and uh, Stroud, T. Day Stroud loses to Michigan. Like, who the fuck is gonna win the Heisman now? Like, literally, who? I, I nobody is deserving. Can they just decide not to award it one year? Because like, I can't imagine this year's Heisman winner being in those Heisman House like commercials. Like, if I'm <laughs> yeah. Bo Jackson, I'm telling this kid to get the fuck out of here. Like. I get to share a trophy with a dude who comes out of here this year. That that doesn't seem fair. Unless they give it to Jordan Davis, of course. You may change your tune. <laughs> nah, but even I'm not that, delusional enough. He doesn't play third downs. You can't get Heisman to a guy who doesn't play all the downs. Like, I know, but but if you can't give it to Stroud or 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 uh, Bryce Young, you really couldn't give it to anyone. I mean, they're going to be the one or two. I mean, Bryce yeah. Young didn't have his best game, but they did win. Now. Stroud lost, but he threw for 400 yards. So, I mean, in the snow against a very good defense. So, I I don't know. I mean, I think it's honestly going to come down to this. If if Bama beats Georgia, Bryce Young will get it. If they don't, they'll just give it to Stroud and just call it call it a day. Yeah, that's Um, that's probably what they should do. I mean, I guess maybe if Pitt wins the ACC, that's a notch in in Pickett's cap, but like. Uh, they you, also haven't looked great the past uh, few weeks. So. Pitt, um, yeah, but Kenny Pickett, he threw for like 4,000-something yards. I mean, he had a great year. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, he did. usually it goes to the best player on the best team for the most part. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and that's just kind of how it goes. So, I, I, I would have a lot of trouble seeing that happen just because Pitt's not – they're not a contender for anything. I mean, yeah, they may mm-hmm. win the ACC, but there no one actually views them like a really big dog in the – college football world yeah it's kind of weird though i think they do have a yeah tony dorsett went to went to pit they do have a heisman winner already so yeah i mean they actually have a a pretty decent history of dan marino went there i mean who else uh aaron donald darrell revis larry fitzgerald i mean they've got some james connor they've got some superstars in the that have played in the nfl that ran through pit and you really never would think that Pitt has such a yeah. rich history of future NFL superstars, but yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because Lay on here the other day, we were talking about the Virginia Tech coaching vacancy, and he was like, oh, yeah, up there, you mean you don't have to compete with anybody to recruit. Like, it's just you up there. And I was like, listen, these guys in, in blue and gold might have something to say about that. Yeah. I'm saying, like, yeah. don't don't shit on the Panthers too hard, Lay. You're in no position to talk bad about anybody. Yeah, Mr. So. Four L's in a row. All right. Well, with that said, you also have written on our pod doc Ferg monologue. I don't know what that's on about, but yeah. Now we we've come to it in the show. So get what you got. So I got to get some things off my chest. So <laughs> gets one opportunity to pod. It comes in <laughs> with a with a fucking confessional. So as of yesterday, I have officially entered the college football fan transfer portal, ah, and so yes. I am currently looking for a new home. Uh, Michigan is. 
the front runner right now, as I do have some ties that will be questioned by Colton every time I bring it up, as expected, because what else would he do? <laughs> but I've also been reached out from the Georgia fans and the Bama fans. So if anyone's listening that has a team and you'd like me to support your team, I- I'm all ears. Let me hear your case and I'll decide. I'd like to have an, a, a team chosen by Christmas. So you got four weeks to well, send me something. Well, let me ask you this, because obviously you're jumping the tech ship because they're terrible and can't win. But, like, what's your winning floor? Like, what's the worst team that you could see yourself, you know, changing allegiances for? Like, does it have to be, like, perennial title contenders? Or is, like, I, is like Baylor or, or you know, uh, potentially a, a Oregon good enough uh, so, for you? Some, so, yeah, somebody that's going to be a consistent seven-win program floor. Seven wins is my floor. Oh, well, that really opens up. You yeah, I got options. Yeah, see, I, I don't want perfection. I, I just want to not be let down every single week. And this also, let me know, this this is a temporary transfer. As soon as Jeff Collins is fired, I will be a Georgia <laughs> Tech fan again. But until then, I refuse to support the program. And the, really, what the last straw was generational superstar, future first-round pick, Jameer Gibson entering the transfer portal. Now, personally, as someone that knows him, I'm happy for him, and I want him to do well. But as a Georgia Tech fan, that was the last straw. I'm not cheering for this team until Jeff Collins is gone. I don't care. We don't have any money. We can't fire him because we can't pay his buyout. But I don't care. if I'm not – no one's putting money into the program from this household until Jeff Collins <laughs> gets his, a foot in the ass out the door. So I love it, but so you 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 graduate from tech this semester, right? Yeah, in December. So I mean, how far does this putting your foot down go? Are are you gonna stiff arm the diploma? Nah. You know, are we nah, are we not shaking the dean's hand coming across the stage? Are we giving them the double birds at graduation? <laughs> what are we talking here? Strictly football. <laughs> I got nothing but love for everything else. Just football, football program. It is officially dead to me until Jeff Collins is fired. Everything else, gotcha. that's fine. Basketball's good. Baseball's good. We're happy there. School's good. But, yeah. <laughs> Football-wise, hell no. <laughs> I'm over it. Well, we can agree. with. I want Jeff Collins to stay. I think he's an absolute jackass, but uh, it's nice beating him. So, um, <laughs> But your monologue, you, you good? We, yeah, that's we, it. We, okay, nice. All right. You feel better? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> can never, All right, can never, well, can never feel too good. How well, speaking of not feeling too good, how how good did we feel about the betting weekend last week? I haven't really checked in checked in with you. I know we, we kind of talked a little back and forth about some of the earlier games, but how'd you how'd you end up faring on the weekend as a whole? Uh, it was a great weekend overall. It would have been elite had a couple of things fallen my way. So obviously hammered Georgia because as I alluded to earlier, I knew we wouldn't score. It was just a matter of, will Georgia score five touchdowns? And obviously, yes, they would, even when they weren't trying in the second half. They had, like, that 60-yard touchdown run with the fourth string or whoever it was. So that was easy. I put a huncho on it because that was free money. Um, additionally, uh, Notre Dame clutched. Fading Stanford was yep, the move. You're welcome. Yes. Shout out to you. So those were two big wins. And the third big win was... The Egg Bowl, which was free money. I don't know. It was criminal that Ole Miss, where it's the underdogs in that game, 
So hammered the money line, easy win. Now, those were my wins. Now, you'd think I'd be sitting pretty high, but oh no. Um, what's it called? <laughs> On top of the Georgia one, I also did a parlay with the same Georgia spread plus Ohio State minus six and a half because I was super confident in that at the time which also rubbed off on you in the negative light as well. So, and I, I put the equal amount of number, uh, another huncho on that parlay, but so that canceled out both of my Georgia bets. So I went back to even on that end. So Ohio state really fucked me. And then UNC, that was some aids. <laughs> so I had UNC money line cause they were big dogs. Well, it was like six points. Um, and I really, you know, UNC has NC state's number. And I like Sam Howell on that offense with Josh Downs and Ty Chandler, some other weapons they have. And so I took I took the heels and we were up thirty to thirty to twenty one with two minutes left. And NC State had one timeout left. And NC State scored fourteen points in twenty six seconds. So that's how that happened. And so I finished roughly forty dollars up on the weekend. Could have been better if UNC AIDS didn't happen and Ohio State didn't fuck me. Uh-huh. Well, listen, UNC's been on the blacklist for me since week one with that fucking disgrace <laughs> against Virginia Tech. That was pitiful. So, that, ten points? I mean, ten points against that defense is, is embarrassing. Going into that game, and I don't want to talk at length about a game that happened 14 weeks ago, but um, preseason, Sam Howell, Heisman, UNC, dark horses for the playoff. All they got to do is beat Clemson in there, I just, and then they just do that. So I uh, I was staying away Um from UNC, but I like you had a solid week. Uh, Notre Dame, very nice. Fade Stanford now four and zero. I think yes, on that. Um, shout out Stanford Steve at ESPN, who's who I've been tailing on those. Um, then another you talk about easy money. I tailed. So I, I gave you a little shit for getting me on Ohio State, but you also convinced me to get some egg ball action, which I was just going to sit that one out. But nice little sprinkle on on the Rebs and got some there. And then. Uh, Easy talk about easy money. Kentucky was catching points against Louisville. That was nice. They beat them like thirty. I mean, uh, now granted, you you made a decent point talking about uh, you know Malik Cunningham or whatever the guy's name is quarterback yeah. for Louisville. Like he's basically he's you know usually the best player on the field in any game he's playing in. But there's a reason Louisville was five hundred going into that game yeah. because clearly if he doesn't have the game of his life every game they're not going to win because yeah. the rest of the team is just bad so uh kentucky's able to just manhandle them um will levis looked like the much better quarterback he actually was the one rushing all over the place i think he finished with like three or four rushing touchdowns so I, you're right kentucky blowing them out that was that was cash so uh yeah decent decent little weekend there um for the kids but all right, so now we are i mean we are right on it i think in terms of the college football playoff coming out here in a second so i want to talk a little bit of that Obviously, there's most of our questions will be answered here on Saturday because Bama wins, they're in. They don't win, they're out. Georgia, I think most people would agree, win, in, lose, probably still in. Yeah. Um, not really here for that discussion. But what I want to look at, and I think what's what's going to be telling, is what do you do with Notre Dame and Oklahoma State should they both win, should Michigan win, and should Cincinnati win? Because I think, by the way, committee's been ranking these teams. Michigan win and in. Cincinnati win and in. The question then becomes, what do you do with Notre Dame and Oklahoma State? In the opinion of Mr. Ferg, 
if you're in that committee, what where is your vote going towards who that who that final team is? And if you have any thoughts on who should be two, three, four in terms of Cincy, OK State, you know, I'm all ears for that too. Uh, I think if assuming Oklahoma State wins, I think you give them the nod over Notre Dame. I, I think you got to punish Notre Dame until they join a conference. I, I know it's worked out a couple times in the past with some suspect um, entries to the college football playoff, but I think Oklahoma State should get the nod. They, they would have the better wins. And you talked about it a sec a couple of minutes ago, back-to-back top 10 wins and only have one loss. And Notre Dame has one loss, but they didn't finish with back-to-back top 10 wins. They, they ended their season with Georgia Tech and Stanford. I think they're a combined, like, what is that, 6 and 18? So... Oklahoma State's got the strength of schedule on them. I mean, what's Notre Dame's signature win? Is it Wisconsin? Yeah. I think the biggest thing Notre Dame has going for them, I guess it is the Wisconsin win, but also that their only loss would be to Cincinnati. Yeah, but but I think that also hurts them because I, I don't know if Cincinnati's all that great. I think they Notre Dame should beat that team. Notre Dame? Notre Dame. They should beat Cincinnati. I know, And they lost. I don't, and then they don't play a conference championship game like everyone else has to do. Why should they be? Why should they benefit from someone else having to play an extra game? You know, and and, and that's been the debate for the last few years. Anytime Notre Dame's in the conversation, and I think now if Oklahoma State loses, yeah, I think Notre Dame should probably get in. But I I don't know. I think that Baylor OK State game is going to be one to watch. That's for sure because there's a lot of implications riding on that game, and I think it's going to be set up for a good one. Well, it looks like, checking it here, the committee agrees with you, Ferg, because the playoff rankings have come out for November 30th, 2021. Number one, Georgia, no surprise. Number two, Michigan, slotting in right where Ohio State left off. Makes sense. I get that win. Three, Bama, no surprise. Four, stay Cincinnati. Then, again, the debate we were just having, OK State, Notre Dame, who does the committee like more going into this week? OK State is at five, and Notre Dame at six. That basically all but guarantees if Oklahoma State wins, assuming somebody drops out of that original top four, again, looking at it most likely most likely teams to lose, probably Cincinnati or Bama, if one of those teams were to lose, I think Oklahoma State, you're right, would, would slot in there. So any uh, any opinions on, on the fact that they've got – well, because when I look at it this way, let's just assume that Again, I think the more likely t- – there's only one team in this top four that's going to be underdogs that are playing this week, and that's Bama. So, again, I'm not assuming they're going to lose, but for the sake of this thought experiment, let's say they're the one that drops out. Again, they're the only underdogs on here. Right. Where does Cincinnati and Oklahoma State place for you? Because neither of those teams want to be playing Georgia. Again, I think you know that third spot is going to be very sought after between those two teams. But who who goes three and four? How do, how would you order Oklahoma State and Cincinnati, assuming they both win? Well, that's tough. I mean, the, the, the committee has clearly valued Cincinnati this year by having them in the top four currently and all that. But I don't know. I mean, because Cincinnati is on, undefeated. But I think Oklahoma State's a better football team than Cincinnati. And they would have better wins. And th- they would finish with back-to-back top ten wins and a conference championship in a Power 5 conference. Personally, I would put OK State at 3 and have them play Michigan, assuming Michigan also wins. Um, and I would put Cincy, I would just leave Cincy at 4 and just flip Bama and uh, OK State, assuming Bama loses to Georgia and OK State beats Baylor. That's what I would do. I would leave Cincy at 4. As, lo- as long as they win, they stay at 4. I don't think they should move up at all, unless like a couple of teams ahead of them lose, which would just be yeah. Bama or Michigan. 
Yeah. I think I'm with you. And I'm just going to say I hope since he stays. Actually, I think I hope since he moves up to three. Because I think as a Georgia fan, you're obviously licking your chops at either team. But I think I'd rather play Oklahoma State, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. Just something about, like, I was at that Georgia-Cincinnati game last year. Now, granted, Georgia had so many guys sat out because his classic bowl game, you know, got guys wanting to go pro. Um, and I'll be honest, I think Georgia overlooked them a bit. And Cincinnati gave us everything we wanted. Now, this is a better Georgia team this year, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I I think Desmond Ritter is oh. – is, he walks out there. He might be the best quarterback on the field in a game between them and, and Georgia. Like, so uh, whereas Oklahoma State, I don't think presents that problem. No. Um, but again, it'll all work itself out. So those are your college football playoff rankings. And if you're interested, Notre Dame sitting there at six. So again, if you get mass chaos in terms of a OK State and and a Cincinnati and a Bama losing, like again, Notre Dame's not out of this. Which brings us to our last college football point here. Why the hell did Brian Kelly leave right now? Like, I get that you got to get on a recruiting trail, but Notre Dame doesn't need that much to go right for them for them to get into this playoff. Yeah, he definitely left them in a bad spot because, yeah, I mean, it just takes a couple of losses and Notre Dame's sitting right there playing Georgia in the, at the four spot. So I, I don't know why he left that early because he's got some more games to coach potentially, and they're big ones. So and and he can make a lot of more a lot of money with incentives and all that with his Notre Dame contract. So I, I although I don't know all the details that may be goofed up now, but yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. And if that does happen, who is going to coach the Irish? If that does happen, I, who who? Because I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea who long term will do it. We can we can, you know, speculate here, but. So the big the big coaching moves that have already happened. I mean, season's not even over yet, and we got big moves. So obviously, Lincoln Riley to USC. We talked about Brian Kelly to LSU. Billy Napier, our guy, uh, relation to old Coach Nape, who we both uh, played under in high school, mm-hmm. um, going to UF, which I hate that because I like him and want to root for him, but I'll be rooting against him at Florida. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, of those three, quick fire, who has the most success short term? You know, next two seasons next season and the next and maybe it's the same person but who has the most success long term of, of these three guys um i think brian kelly to both brian kelly's got a great resume he's a great coach and i think when you give him the recruiting advantages that lsu has i think he's going to turn them into a great program i i do think lincoln riley would have been a better hire for lsu because he is an offensive guy and lsu is always going to have freaks on defense like always and, and we saw in 2019 what happened. The one time they had an, a great OC in Joe Brady, they they were they were one of the most dominant football teams we've ever seen in our 22 years of living. So, but he didn't. He chose USC. But I think long term Brian Kelly, since he's a great coach, he's getting brand new recruiting advantages. Being in the Southeast, being in Louisiana, I think he's going to have the most success long term. And I think he's going to be a big push to Bama moving forward in the West as a very real threat. Yeah. I will just caution some LSU fans to be prepared for what this is going to look like, though, because, again, the best team they've had in, in, you know, going back to the Les Miles National Championship was a team that spread you out and was offense, 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 hung ungodly stats up on you. Brian Kelly's teams don't do that. They're very much old school, line up under center, maybe a fullback yeah. in there, too, and run the ball, pass the ball from a pro style yeah. pretty well. I mean, 
Jack Cohn may be the least athletic quarterback I've ever seen, but he's leading this Notre Dame team, you know, yeah. pretty well. Like, yeah. they, you know, play solid defense. It's just going to be – I don't I, – it would be interesting to see if, if Kelly adapts a bit and tries to use some of these better athletes he can now you yeah. know, get his hands on down there. Um, but I don't know. like Because I can also see, like, man, the last few years of Miles when it was, when it was you know, just – you know, lining up in the I formation and running the ball. Like, LSU fans weren't too happy with that, even when they had guys like Leonard Fournette, you know. Yeah. So, I, I just wonder if they've had a taste of that spread and scoring offense and will be unwilling to go back to anything um, less than that. But, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Kelly's obviously has the best resume of any of these guys yeah. that moved, and that was that's why it was an absolute shock to me that he, that he left. Right. Um, just seemed like a Notre Dame guy through and through. But – after all, I think I think it was either Marty Smith or some other ESPN guy made a good point on Twitter of like, you know, if you're Brian Kelly, you're already the all-time winningest coach at Notre Dame, which that speaks for itself. But you've done everything there, and and you've been there for 12 years. You've done everything there, but win a championship. Which who knows if if in a playoff era where you got to play at least three great teams to do it, who knows if you can do that? It hasn't worked super well for you as of late. So I can see him. I can see why he'd wanted to just go prove it somewhere else and go to a go to a program like LSU where I think deep down just about every big time head coach in college football would tell you that if given the opportunity they would like to go to a big SEC school. Now I know you're an ACC guy and may say that's me being biased going to Georgia, but I think deep down it's like Ohio State and if you can't have that then the dream is an LSU or a Bama or a Georgia or an A&M or even an Auburn or Tennessee or Florida like there's just something about there's a pull of those big southeastern schools that I think if given the chance just about every coach in the country would like to give it a shot except Lincoln Riley <laughs> except Lincoln Riley but no you definitely have a point there i mean i mean there's really no comparing the atmosphere at a college football game down in the South, excluding a few places like Vandy and GT, um, who don't really have big football fan bases being, you know, it, there's not much you need to explain. But yeah, you def- you're definitely right. Those atmospheres are insane. Can't beat it. It can't be replicated in the North. Yeah, maybe Ohio State, Michigan, that's about, Penn State, that's about it. But it's, it's not the same. The, the passion yeah. is not the way it is in the south and these people live and breathe college football down here Hmm. yeah and again especially money being literally zero object to these big schools in the south that doesn't that doesn't hurt either yeah um but with these departures that obviously leaves the the carousel that's the that's the other half of it you know big coach leaves all of a sudden that job that uh, i mean oklahoma notre dame big jobs that just came open um notre dame is a dream job for most coaches i'd say um you know so you've got that and then virginia tech still open i guess which of those i mean really speaking about oklahoma and notre dame you've kind of given your take that you think oklahoma's fucked going into the sec so is notre dame like a clear if you're an up-and-coming coach here who could be up for for these jobs you're you're definitely leaning notre dame yeah yeah i'd be leaning notre dame and and i would I would definitely say Notre Dame is the right, right, absolute right choice if they join a conference. I still think it's the right choice, but once they join a conference, that only makes Notre Dame an even better option. So they need, and they're in the ACC in every sport except football, which is stupid to me. But but they didn't want to lose their rivalries or whatever, which which I get with the tradition and all that. But Notre Dame's definitely the best job of the of the big jobs that are currently open. 
Yeah, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see what other probably slightly lesser jobs, but still, I mean, some more big jobs could come open depending on who leaves to go take Oklahoma or exactly. who leaves to go take Notre Dame. Um, personally, I think good shout for the Oklahoma job, just throwing it out there, either Kellen Moore, OC at the Cowboys, mm-hmm. or uh, or maybe Joe Brady if he can be lured away from it. I think he's barreling towards being a head coach in college at some point, just yeah. whether or not it happens this soon. Yeah, I, I never. I mean, obviously it's the money, but I I would never leave college for the NFL. Like, I mean, obviously they do leave, and it's for the money usually. Like that's why Urban Meyer's there. Um, but I'm sorry, I would you and you, I would never coach the Jaguars over Ohio State or Notre Dame or Florida, whatever. That that just that doesn't make any sense to me. Obviously, it's easy for me to say that because I don't have the actual have actually have the money on the table, but. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think Joe Brady should come back to college. He had a ton of success at LSU. He turned them into one of the most dominant offenses we've ever seen. I think Joe Brady would be a great candidate for the Oklahoma job. Yeah, well, just about turning the page over to NFL here. Before we do, just pull one out. Sad. It's, we're about to get into real, you know, year-long Sunday scaries as the college football season is winding down. You know, last week was the last full slate of, you know, 60-plus games. This week, conference championship, only 11 games. And then it's bowl season after that, which is something to look forward to. But, you know, there's just – it's just not the same as a full slate of Saturday games and college game day in the morning. So uh, right. enjoy it. Enjoy it while it lasts. But before we move over to the NFL, we are going to pick every single conference championship game, even you, Maction, in Sunbelt and Mountain West. <laughs> um we asked Lath to make the picks from afar so we could uh, add his to the tally, which, Ferg, I hope you noticed, I'm kicking his ass in the season picks, by the way. Um, not not surprising, but not picking these against the spread, although I do have the spread listed for those that are interested. Um, but kicking things off with Western Carolina versus UTSA, the Roadrunners, reminiscent of our good old Dalton State back home. Uh, UTSA ranked for a decent part of this season, but have fallen off as of late. UTSA catching one and a half points. I, I, I think – I can't tell because some of these smaller conferences don't do neutral site for the championship. Like, for instance, I know Cincinnati's at home. UTSA may be as well. But starting there, Ferg, take us through your pick for UTSA, for this matchup here. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't have a whole lot of knowledge on either of these teams. But I do I do recall UTSA being ranked for quite a bit of the year. And they're 11-1. and one. I think they're – destined to win the conference championship this year so i picked the utsa but that i don't have a whole lot of uh details to give i mean hey me neither but i'm with you i like utsa just take the underdog to win outright i got them 34 31 you've got them 35 27 then lath from the ether taking western carolina or excuse me western kentucky he just knows he's got to make up games, so I hope he's picking against us, or at least against me in most of these. Um, yeah. Like I said, moving on to the biggest one Friday night, Pac-12 championship, number 11 Oregon against number 19 Utah. And these are AP poll numbers. I don't know what they are in the latest college football yeah. playoff poll. But Utah, once again, three-point favorites, which is what they were um, when they wiped the floor with Oregon. I actually made a decent amount of money on that last time. And, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I know the old adage, oh, it's tough to beat a good team twice, but I like Utah to do just that, 27-21. Well, I like Utah to not just do that. I don't think they beat Oregon twice. I got Oregon 31-20. I think Thibodeau has his signature number one number one overall pick game here. I think it's going to go for three or four sacks. Um, I think it's going to be a game dominated by Oregon. 
All right, next up in the Big 12, probably outside of the SEC game, the one that people will be keeping the closest eye on, number eight, Baylor, against number seven, OK State. Again, AP poll numbers, sorry, I don't know what they're on the playoff. The, the Pokes, the Cowboys, four-and-a-half-point favorites in Dallas on a neutral site. And, wow, that basically all but guarantees they're going to win <laughs> as the full slate of us are picking Baylor. I've got them 38-30, Lath 32-20 to the Bears, and you've got them 28-23. All right, we're obviously wrong, but tell us, tell, tell me why you like Baylor here. Well, OK State's just coming off an emotional win at Bedlam. You know, they got a chance for the playoff, but I think they're going to crumble. Hard to beat a good team twice. I think Baylor's motivated to come in here and win a conference championship. And I think the Gundy gang is going to fall short. Yeah, just something about a team that, you know, looks up and they're one game away from the playoff. I think they might have a, wait, wait a minute, we didn't think we'd get this far kind of moment. Yep. Um, and it's and it's just not going to go well. But I'm, I'm hoping, Pokes, I'm with you in the heart. The head just doesn't agree. But I'm, I'm hoping that you're barreling towards a one versus four matchup with the dogs and we can handle that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, all of us have Baylor, which, again, feeling good about because that guarantees Oklahoma State's going to win. Uh, next up, Kent State versus Northern Illinois. I've actually watched way too much NIU football this year in the midweek match and betting on them. They are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. And, again, all three of us – have the Huskies in this one. Um, so obviously all have them covering since they're underdogs. Any any analysis there, Ferg? I don't have any. Well, Northern Illinois beat my former mighty Yellow Jackets to start the year, which is just a culmination of why I'm in the transfer portal now. <laughs> that just started off the shit year. So I think Northern Illinois is going to roll and win the championship, and it all started with a Power 5 upset in Week 1, and it's going to end with a championship. I will say I've bet on NIU twice this year. They've won for me once and lost for me once. Rocky Lombardi, at quarterback with them, is pretty fun to watch, but he's prone to just some fucking awful passes sometimes too, uh, which, hey, that's what you get in the uh, in the MAC. But also 1-0 taking Kent State. I took them last week. Um, they were like one-point underdogs. I took them money line, and they won by one in overtime, stopped a two-point conversion. So the golden flashes have, have done it for me too, but, again, I'm just sticking with NIU because – um, next, do it real quick, like Reese Davis uh, on the set at college game. They'd make a quick one here. Utah State against number 21, San Diego State. The Aztecs, five-and-a-half-point favorites. We all have San Diego State. Uh, moving on, App State versus ULL, the former haunt of head coach Billy Napier, who's moving to Florida. But I read up on this game, he will be coaching um, on the sideline for the Raging Cajuns in this game. But nevertheless, the line has completely flipped from when that news came out. ULL started as favorites. They are now two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. This is one that's not neutral side, going to be played down in Lafayette. Even with all that said, I just don't see – I'm sure Billy Napier's a great guy and his players love him and they totally get why he's going. You know, Unlike this Brian Kelly move or even Lincoln Riley, I don't think anybody can judge Napier from leaving a school that just – flat out can't pay him and can't provide him the opportunities that a school like Florida can. So I'm sure his players aren't too beat up about it, but I just can't really see them getting it done with a sitting duck coach uh, or a lame duck coach. That's the presidential term, I think. <laughs> um, and plus App State's a good football team. So I'm taking the Mountaineers 34-24. That's an easy cover for them. I've got quite the opposite. I've got 42-14 Louisiana. Hey, I, you got a blowout. I do have a blowout. I think Napier... 
really wants to win this one for his guys. I, I, you, you definitely make a great point, but I, you could also argue the opposite. They really want to send him out a winner and really have him cement his legacy as Louisiana's head coach, and I think they're going to get it done with a big 42-14 victory over the Mountaineers. I mean, yeah, that's what that's what Coach O and LSU were able to do. I mean, announced – I thought they were crazy for announcing that they were going to fire him at the end of the year and then having him coach five or six more games, but they actually won quite a few of those. Yeah. And they sent him home happy with a win against Texas A&M. So. Um, and then got a few more games left to pick, but this is the big one. Not at 3.30, but it may as well be with the SEC. Actually at 4 o'clock. Georgia and Alabama in the Dome in Atlanta. Excuse me, Mercedes-Benz Dome now. Bama, six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Opened as, I think, closer to four-point underdogs, but a lot of bets flying in on UGA in this game. I see y'all all followed my all-caps uh, trend <laughs> that I set here in my picking. Okay, Lath, not surprised at all that he's picking Bama, but he's out of his freaking mind if after what he saw with Auburn, he thinks they're going to... So I'm, I'm just declining his thoughts entirely. But I'll hear you out, Ferg. Give me your reasoning behind a 21-17 win for Bama that you've got. Well, as you can see, it's very low scoring out of respect for both defenses. And... I just think Bama's going to come out and, and they're going to win. I, it's just really that simple. I, I, Georgia hasn't played an offense quite like this with a quarterback talent like Bryce Young. Um, they're, they're Now, they're going to do a good job because holding them to 21 is impressive. I don't know how the hell Auburn did it, held them to 10 in regulation or 17, whatever it ended up being. But we all know that was the voodoo. But Georgia hasn't played a talent like this. Um and, and really, I don't think Georgia's going to be able to run the ball at will like they can on so many of their opponents. And you're going to force the mailman walk-on to beat you with his arm over Bryce Young's arm? Give me the Tide. 21-17. Roll damn Tide, baby. I'll say the mailman, who I wouldn't be surprised if he actually ranks higher than Bryce Young in a lot of offensive categories. I know he's the number one quarterback in the SEC in terms of deep ball passing accuracy. Um, so take that. All you people shitting on uh, Stetson, but <laughs> the argument I keep hearing about this is, oh, Georgia hasn't played the competition of Bama. Man, Bama ain't played anybody like Georgia. Are you kidding me? No. Again, you played Ole Miss. You played Texas A&M, who finished with four losses. Like it works both ways, man. Like Bama hadn't played anybody close to the defense that Georgia's going to no. bring him. So that's true. Again. We'll see it on the field. I, I disagree, obviously. We're both biased. Lath is biased, obviously. I'm not going to say that I'm not. I'm so biased. Um, I'm so biased. So, <laughs> it's not even funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah, same. Uh, same. So, well, uh, either way, if I decide to unfire Lath next week, we're still going to have to get you back on to, to recap this. Unless, of course, Georgia loses, then you're banned for life, obviously. <laughs> um, then, moving on to our next one, number 24, Houston. Uh, this is, again, at historic Nippert Stadium, home of the Cincinnati Bearcats, number four team in the land. Cincinnati catching 10.5. I think that's a lot of points, and none of us have them covering, but I am the only one, it looks like, that has Cincinnati winning. I've got 31-30. Yeah, I've got 38-35 Houston. Um, Houston's won 11 straight, They're on fi- or 10 straight, whatever it is. They're on fire. Now, if Houston loses... I'm blaming this on our dear friend Lay because he has been in my ear all week telling me how good Houston is. So I'm rolling with Houston because of Lath. If they win, I'd pick Houston. But if they lose, it's fucking Lath's fault. <laughs> well, if you just look at Lath's picks, which I will re- reference here in just a second, <laughs> you'll 
I don't know why you're tailing him here. Um, <laughs> but I just think, you know, say what you want about Cincinnati and, and them not covering against some of these teams where you know they've had to put on a show to stay in the top four, but, like, they've survived this long. They're going to have challenge. I mean, they're going to get hit in the mouth in this game. There's no way – there's not going to be any point in this game where people aren't like, uh-oh, Cincinnati might lose here. Like, There will be moments like that in this game, and I've got them winning by one point. But I just think like they've got it all right in front of them. It's a, it's a, you know, a veteran team. I think, you know, I don't know. I just think they got a good coach. Fickle's a good coach. I, I just think they get it done. Um, and hoping they do. So, again, Georgia can play them. Yep. And then next up, the last of kind of the, the bigger games, number five, Michigan against number 16, Iowa. Iowa, 11.5 point underdogs. I think that spread's pretty dang spot on. Yeah. I've got Michigan just barely not covering that. I've got 2014 UM. But Michigan's got to keep their head on straight here. But they lucked out. Like, this Iowa team is not very no. good, though. So yeah. they, sh- they should win, but I don't think they're going to win by as much as they should win, if that makes sense. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I, I mean, they definitely are – should be thankful we're not playing Wisco this weekend. But, yeah, because I think Michigan's defense is a great matchup against Iowa's pretty fucking horrible offense, if we're being honest. So, I got the Michigan. Yeah. I think Hutchinson will have a big day. Big day for Haskins and Corum and Co. on the ground. McNamara's going to make some throws. Uh, Wolverines roll easy, 28-10. Yeah, going to be in the Dome, too, so no no weather issues indoors in Indianapolis. Um, again, that's Michigan should handle them, and I think they'll win, but – yeah, something just tells me it'll be a little closer than the experts think, as old-ass Lee Corso always says. So, <laughs> um, and then lastly, the ACC title game, that really means nothing except maybe potential Heisman implications. Pitt, Wake Forest, the Demon Deeks, three-point dogs, probably going to win since we all have Pitt in this game. But I just think Pitt's defense, at least they're solid, whereas Wake Forest can't stop a fucking nosebleed on defense. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, that offense is going to score on you, but, like, I think good defense that can get a couple of stops against a good offense beats Pitt. I mean, like, and they got Pickett too. Like, Pitt, Pitt can score too. I just think it's going to come down to how many stops can Wake Forest's defense get. And I think the answer is negative three. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I like Pitt. Yeah, yeah. You, you hit on all my points. Wake Forest's defense is awful. It's not a great matchup going up against Heisman contender. Well, not really contender, but finalist probably, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's been the best quarterback in the ACC all year. Now, Sam Hartman has definitely put up some numbers himself, but Kenny Pickett, he's in a league of his own in the ACC. I like Pitt winning a shootout 45-41, and the Panthers are going to be holding the trophy at at the midfield. Yeah, and just a quick rundown since I, you know, just name-dropped a little bit. The season standings as it stands at the moment. We'll be sure to include yours next week. That's why we picked a lot of games so you could kind of get more of a sample size, but – I am 19 and 11 in college football on the season. Last week went 6 and 0 between pro and college, so suck it lay. Late on the other hand in college is one game under 500 at 14 and 15, a good 5 games back, well, four and a half, I guess, yeah. of me. And the only reason he hasn't he should have the exact same number of picks as I have and thus be a whole game back. He'd be even worse off if he wasn't a you know what, and wouldn't pick Auburn games because he knew they were going to lose. Oh and I called it. But he, he couldn't bring himself to pick against Auburn because he wanted to pick on them, so he just didn't make the picks at all. Um, so, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Enjoy that, Lath. And then over in NFL, it has been a struggle for both of us. Um, <laughs> but 
I've I recently again with that three and zero week last week hopped one game over five hundred at fifteen and fourteen. Meanwhile, Lay sitting at twelve and seventeen, well uh, well below five hundred there. And uh, yeah, so with that said, real quick to a tiny little bit of NFL. How much Thanksgiving football did you watch, Ferg? I I spent most of my time with the Egg Bowl, but I caught a little bit of, a little bit of Dallas. Did you watch any uh? Uh, classic NFL action on Thursday. Uh, when I was at my grandma's house, the Lions Bears game was on a little bit, and as expected, I didn't watch a whole lot of that because who the hell wants to watch the Lions and Bears mm-hmm. play, especially when Justin Fields isn't even playing. So I guess that was about it. And then I was in the car for three hours for most of the Cowboy game, and when it, when it came around for seven thirty, I just watched the Egg Bowl. I didn't really watch a whole lot of the uh, Bills game because they were kind of a uh, handling the Saints there. So I didn't really watch much NFL. I actually find myself not watching a lot of NFL anymore now that I'm a uh, retired from fantasy league. So yeah, I uh, I watched just a tiny bit of the Bears because it was the only thing on, and I had the Bears defense going in fantasy in that game. Um, but I'm with you, kind of a I watched I watched a good bit of, of Cowboys and Raiders. That ended up being a really entertaining game um, with a with a you know a late winner for the Raiders, but. I want to talk to you about the Patriots. I know you haven't watched a ton of NFL, but they've won six straight after two and four starting. They're slowly but surely looking like potentially one of the best teams in the AFC. I'll just put it to you like this because I don't think you've watched enough really to, to maybe get as deep in the weeds as I can. But let's say Belichick – well, okay, let me ask you this way. So obviously Tom Brady won a Super Bowl without Belichick last year, and that kind of answered the question for everybody like – Yes, Brady's the GOAT, and Belichick is the GOAT of coaches, but Brady winning the Super Bowl kind of answered the question, like, okay, it was more about Brady. Like, Brady can obviously do it without him. Like, most of that winning was on Brady. I don't think anybody expects the Patriots to win a Super Bowl this year, and I think if they do, then holy crap, you might reevaluate the conference. Maybe (laughs) they're just both awesome because this is not a Super Bowl roster, I don't think. So if he can lead them to that, then, then good on you. But how far did the Pats need to get this season to to you to be literally like blown away by what Belichick has accomplished, especially with a rookie quarterback? If he can get them to an AFC title game, then that would be a very big year for Belichick and makes a case for me. Hey, maybe Belichick had his fair share of uh, moments in the Brady and Belichick era. So uh, if he gets to an AFC title game, uh, and, and then be and beyond, obviously. But if he can make it to an AFC title game, win his division, and then win a playoff game in the divisional round, I think I think we got some more to talk about in that debate. Yeah, for me, it's just win that division because nobody expected anybody but the Bills to just run it uh, in the AFC East, and they've gone. I mean, especially after the way they started, I think they were. You know the last undefeated. Well, I guess the, the Cardinals are the last undefeated team, but the Bills were off to a super hot, hot start, just beating the hell out of everybody. Yeah. Um, and then we've seen them kind of fall off as of late. But like, if the Pats win that division, that's I don't know what the preseason odds on Pats division wins. You know, we're going to be especially coming off a year where they just sucked with Cam Newton and they had to draft a quarterback. I bet you could have made a lot of money betting. Oh on, yeah. Betting on the Pats to win the division here, which a long way to go. Right. Um, NFL starts a few weeks later than college, so we're not nearly as close to the end of the regular season of football as we, or in NFL as we are with college. But Pats looking uh, looking pretty good. And then lastly, 
again, this has been basically Lath and I have never really had to change the topic of conversation on the NFL all season on this pod because yeah. every week who we thought was a top team loses. A few weeks ago it was the Bills when they lost to the Jags and then, you know, the Ravens dropping games they shouldn't and then you got the Bucks losing to the football team, you got the <laughs> Cardinals losing, you got you know, just know what the Titans have now lost. Like, they have three losses that include losses to the Jags, the Texans, and the Jets. That's bad. So, my, just put it simply, who the who the hell is going to win the AFC, Ferg? Who is the – not even just the AFC, but, like, who's who are the best teams in the NFL? Because it's, it's hard. It's hard um, to decide. I, I'm a big Pat Mahomes guy, and I, I, I'm going to ride with him. I think the Chiefs are going to go to their third straight Super Bowl. Um Will they? Who will they face in the AFC Championship game? Maybe it'll be the Patriots. I don't know, but I, I like the Chiefs to advance to the Super Bowl out of the AFC and the NFC. I think this is Rogers' year. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he just, it's time. He's got to go to another Super Bowl. We can't see one of the greatest arm talents of our generation only go to one Super Bowl, and I think he's going to get it done this year. So I think Packers and Chiefs are destined to meet in the Super Bowl this year as the best team from the NFC and the AFC. That's my take. Yeah, I will say when I was listing off teams that have one of these ugly losses, the Packers are one that kind of don't. Um, only law, I mean, they lost to a Chiefs team that they held to 13 points, and they were without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you know they their other loss. You know, I'm trying to go back and see the loss to the Saints early. Um, but yeah, like, and and then they get they lost to a Vikings team by a field goal. Who the Vikings on their day can be just about anybody. They're pretty yeah. inconsistent. But like when they got it rolling there. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. They got a good defense, and Dalvin Cook is one of the best running backs when healthy. So, I think yeah, the safe pick out of the NFC. You're right. I think is is the Packers. They look they look really strong. The Rams. I've been on that bandwagon all season, and I've been defending them even through their past. I mean, they've lost three in a row. I was defending them you know, after they lost two in a row. I still think if they figure that out, like oh. I think that's going to be a team that peaks in that postseason i believe in sean McVay, and they just got so much talent on that team but they got to get there first like right. i think if they can get into the playoffs nobody's going to want to face them but they got to i mean they got to get there right now yeah. and they're they're a, they're a couple games back in their division um you know i think they're you know well inside the wild card yeah they, they're two games ahead of what would be the next wild card yeah. spot so they're definitely i think there's only one wild card then or no, no is there three i think there's three yeah there's yeah. three now yeah, so they're definitely getting in, but it's just they got to figure something out. Losing three in a row is not a good look. And then elsewhere, I guess, you still got to believe in the Bucks. I mean, technically, they're sitting yeah. there with the same record, you know, a half game back of the Packers. It's just hard to bet against Bruce Arians and Tom Brady and that star-studded fantasy team they've got on offense yeah. there. Um, but, yeah, it's a crapshoot. Out in AFC, who the fuck knows? I guess oh, I'm yeah. with you on the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I'm just going to ride with Mahomes but I, just because he's my guy. Um but I really do think the Packers are going to be the team that come out of the NFC. That I'm most confident in that. AFC is a little blurry, but I would lean towards the Chiefs, but I'm not super confident because they have been pretty shaky this year. All right. Well, that just about does it uh, for football and for the pod. Although technically we're a soccer pod too, and I know I didn't want, I wasn't going to talk any soccer with you, Ferg, because I know you know nothing. But <laughs> quick uh, Arsenal 1-2-0 against Newcastle. Hell yeah. Uh, Koig. Gabriel Koig, exactly. <laughs> he knows. He knows he's talking about. We could have been talking Europa League. Yeah, maybe I underestimated you there, Ferg. But, uh, but yeah, so go Gunners and fuck Bayern, uh, Lay's team. I don't even know. Maybe they played. Maybe they didn't. Who knows? Who cares? But, Ferg, 
thanks for uh, thanks for joining the pod and filling in. Well, again, maybe permanently. I can't. I haven't. Lay's really gonna have to beg for his job back because uh, <laughs> I think I think you put some good tape out there um, for as to why as to why you should keep you around. So yeah. uh, thanks for joining and, and, and providing some uh, some ACC and some tech talk. Not that we need any of that crap, but uh, okay. At least once in a while, it's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, you needed it too. It was the one uh, you got to scratch that itch or whatever. So you needed you needed me for this episode. Yeah, exactly. Well, at the very least, get you back to recap our picks and see how wrong you guys were about picking Bama. So okay, we'll find out. See uh, see you after championship Saturday, bud. <laughs>